Will Justin Fields return to the Chicago Bears as a franchise quarterback next year? Joel Embiid owns the Bulls again. The mm-hmm. NHL's winning class is just as dead as Vanilla Ice's last album. And <laughs> the Chicago <laughs> oh boy, in the college football playoff, could that be experiencing the highest ratings in, in television history? Then a whole lot more as Second City Sports kicks off your 2024 edition on Sports on Chicago, and it starts right now. to the 2024 special edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKeon McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X, and the IG, SCK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow McKeon McGee on the Twitter, X, and can't again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. Also, too, you can catch up on the other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at the same time at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app, Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, Please subscribe to us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And while you're at it, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And we are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Let that be your New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on the pod, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. McKenna will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid, I've given the Lakina full powers to give you fools to be a lame be a boot. Happy 2024. Toodles. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you, you can catch Sports on Chicago, not now, but right now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year on Roku TV. That's why it's so celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have Roku television, just tap on their sports folder and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC, just hit up the Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. 
And we'll keep our New Year's promise and keep reminding you with some of the best here on Second City Sports. We're going to catch up on all the great sports happenings from the long New Year's uh, Day weekend. Which we got the the uh, the championship game is set in college football. Some old uh, Rose uh, Rose Bowl vibes here for this matchup and big ratings for the both semifinal games. Also, too, we got the Bulls. They got a split deal decision against Philadelphia. We'll talk about that and the rest of the NBA happens. And of course, the rest of the uh, crazy scenarios that's gonna go that's gonna be going on in the NFL coming up this uh, Sunday, the last game of the reg- last games of the regular season. But first, well, we're gonna do something that you know we haven't had a chance to do uh, here since we were off on Monday. But and he's still dishing out pancakes in the NFL. Herbert, this time has the first down, and more, explodes, down the sidelines, cuts in, and finally toppled around the three. Third down, eight to go. Fields pressured immediately, athleticism, escapes that one, Fields, are you kidding me? Has the first down, and scoots out of bounds, the man is a magician. It's a bigger role for the Bears in the secondary. Heineke, play action, looks right, then back left, and one of those rookies makes a pick at Tyreek Stevenson. Heineke floated it, Stevenson hauls it in. For a Bears team looking for their fifth straight home win. For a Bears team looking for their fifth straight home win. Fields. Spins out of it. How did he do it again? Houdini's to the outside. Lowers the shoulder. Has the first down. For the Bears, you're looking to try to steal one. Fourth and 17. Heineke with the flip spins away. Throws across the body. It's intercepted by Kyler Gordon. Falcons with one timeout left. Second and eight. Handoff. Herbert. First down, lots more, extends the strides, stiff arm, reaches. First and goal from the one. Komet is in at tight end. And off to Herbert. Finishes it off with a touchdown. Pivot their season around. Now that's part of the reason why you know, I'm a fan personally of the extended playoff field. Intercepted again, Tyreek Stevenson. Rookie from Miami putting on a show at Soldier Field. And those highlights were from CBS. Uh, that was Chris Lewis, uh, Jason McCourty, uh, and Ross Tucker that got had the call there. The uh, Bears, no trouble with the Falcons, 37-17. Justin Fields threw for 268 yards and a TD. He also had a rushing TD. Uh, Khalil Herbert had his best rushing, uh, rushing, you know, rushing yards of the season, 124 yards and a TD. Um, you know, DJ Moore had 159 yards and a TD. Um, you know, really no trouble with Atlanta. I mean, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest. I only watched like the highlights of this game, like the like we showed you guys just now. So I had zero interest in this game. But yeah, but the Bears did what they're supposed to do against a team that was supposed to be like like Atlanta. Yeah, two things you have to be encouraged by with the regarding the Chicago Bears. They had 192 yards rushing as a team. And Justin Fields only had 45 of them, so that's pretty damn good. Take away those 45 rushing yards, they still ran the ball well as a team. Number two, even though the Bears' defense only could could produce two sacks, they produced four turnovers, i.e. four interceptions, two of them by Tyreek Stevenson. McKinnon, we talked about it on the show for the last few weeks. We talked about Montez Sweat and the differences he's made on the defensive line. 
But the secondary, uh, we talked about for the last couple of years, uh, if they stay healthy, they, they could be good. One of the best young groups in the NFL. We saw the promise a couple of years ago with most of these guys like Kyle Gordon, Tyree Stevenson, and Jaquan Brisker. Now you're starting to see their real talent. As I mentioned, Tyree Stevenson had two more picks last Sunday. Kyle Gordon, even though he was injured for the most part of the first half of the year, he's starting to see his potential now. He's starting to play better. He had that other pick the, the other day. So I am very encouraged by this uh, by this Bears defense. Offensively, on, on the flip side, Justin Fields, I thought, had won his best days overall as a pro. He didn't force it too much, Lakina. He took the sack a couple of times, but you know, he made the right decisions getting the ball downfield, especially to Robert Tunyon, who started in the place of Cole Komet. Now, the connection between him and DJ Moore, I thought it was the best uh, connection between those two ever since the Washington game back in early October on that Thursday night. And so we know that the defense is on point, but it looks like this offense is starting to come together. And we'll see what happens when they face the Green Bay Packers in this regular season finale this coming Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we'll talk more about that on Friday. But yeah, I mean, look, the Bears, like like I said, look, I mean, you know, Justin Fields looked great, probably the best season he's looked all season long, or at least until you know the beginning of the season. Then again, mm-hmm. defense, you know, they've been proven better. Stevenson should probably get a chance to go into the Pro Bowl. I think he's had some great. Uh, I think he like is among the leaders in uh, interceptions. I think. But yeah, but I'm sorry, but this is an Atlanta team that you're right there. You're right there, like in the middle with with Atlanta. So. It's kind of hard for me to make you know these kind of you know proclamations of a team that you're supposed to be. I know people were praised about Atlanta, like oh they got a good defense. I mean one of their one of their top you know pass rushers was out, and then also too you you know like if if this the team was so good, they have a better record. They'd be at the top of the the NFC South. But I digress. So yeah, look, you did what you're supposed to against a team that you're supposed to be. You know, look, like I said Fields looked good. I mean, okay, great, but. Again, I'm not look. Fields looks looks good. I know they were chanting Justin Fields, you know, his Fields name at the end of the, by the end of the game. We'll see. I mean, that's a whole you know, you know, whether or not you know he comes back or whatever. I, mean, I know people have been saying about that for like the last like well, week, but we'll have plenty of time to talk about that at the end of the, of the regular season. So, I mean, if you're the Bears, look, you did what you're supposed to do, and look, you're good. You're you're unfortunately out of playoff contention. You're, you know, I know there were some crazy scenarios that kept a minute but they were already eliminated so i don't want you know i know about the you know seattle losing to pittsburgh we'll get to that you know after the break and i know there was this you know another one that had the tie with the packers and the vikings that wasn't going to happen so though they were already eliminated so okay yeah you beat atlanta all right okay bravo so yeah you look the other deep you know, just look good the defense look good okay all right Look, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna like stay, you know, stay on course with what I've been saying for like the last week about this Bears team. You made some progress. You got seven wins. It's a four win. You get you can you can keep your you one of your rivals from going to the playoffs. Cool. Again, your baby steps, folks. You you made some steps. That's all you can ask for. You're listening to a special edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago as we are having our premiere episode of the year 2024. I'm Sid Deslakina. If you have any questions about the Bears and Justin Fields, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Lakina, according to Ian Rappaport the other day, it looks like head coach Matt Eberflus will be back as the Bears head coach next year, as he'll enter year number three of his tenure on the lakefront. But I have some couple of concerns. As I said before, and I'll say it again, if Matt Eberflus comes back, 
It means it should mean that office coordinator Luke Getzey should be out of here. We'll see what happens with that. I'll post this question to you and to our listeners and uh, viewers out there. If you're put on your GM hat, but in your Ryan Pauls, after you evaluated everything up until this point, including the win against Atlanta last Sunday, do you have a decision made in your head about Justin Fields, or are you waiting until after the Green Bay game to evaluate everything? I'm wondering did polls or has polls already made his mind mind up? I mean, I, I think you know, yes, you know, he's done he's been great the last couple of games and you know, look at the teams that they beat and you know, what have you, but you know, he's been kind of been he sort of like has made some strides and improvements, which is all you can ask for. But at the same time, though, do you need to make a change on the on the on the offensive coordinator side? That's another thing. So I think if you're your polls, we look, we look, people need to remember that polls and Irofus, they're both under the same representation. So I know people were wondering like, why did they get a leak? Well, they they both have the same agent. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if they know that what the buzz is, and you know, we know Ian Rapport's pretty plugged in, I think they will they would know. So you know, I think people need to kind of just go chalk that. Look, we said it before the last couple of weeks. If the Bears won, you know, most of their at least at least two thirds of their remaining schedule, they've done that so far. We'll see how they do against mm-hmm. the Packers on Sunday. That Eagles going to come back now. Should Gessie be back? That's a whole different conversation. But I think if you're, I don't think Paul has made up his mind yet. I don't think. I know he's came to very close to the vest, so you know it's really hard to kind of end the mindset. But uh, yeah, I think you should bring everybody. I think. I think they might bring everybody back. You'll keep everything kind of status quo, make some improvements. We'll talk about the number one pick and whatever at a later time. But <laughs> I, I think that's probably where he's leaning. I think I don't think he's made up his mind yet. I think he's made up his mind on some things because, as you mentioned, ever since Justice Fields returned from from his injury from early in the year, he has made some impro- He has made some progress. Is he the quote unquote per- perfect quarterback? No. But has he made some strides? Yes, as I said before, he's cut down on the turnovers. Uh, he's not holding on to the ball as much. He's not trying to force it as much. Even though he's very athletic, he's not trying to force it as much. And he's getting the ball out, which means he's getting the ball out quicker. Remember, before his injury, he let the league and hold the ball for too damn long, closer to four seconds before he released it. So, And also, too, remember, remember, we've been preaching on the show for the last couple of years that he needs to learn how to slide. He wasn't doing that before his injury, but after his injury, uh, he's been doing that on a consistent basis. If that's not improvement, I don't know what is. I mean, look, you know, they could he could come in, you know, put on a show for his hometown team. Remember, he's just from outside Atlanta, so that could be something. Especially you know, since Atlanta will probably be in the top ten. So if you trade back, if you're the Bears, I mean, you could probably put Fields in as a package. But again, like I said, that's a different conversation for another time. We got months to talk about that. With that said, we're going to take a really quick break. And, uh, of course, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the NFL Week 17 slate. Some playoff, uh, you know, some you know, some games that kind of made you scratch scratch your head. Um, you know, the two top, the top, you know, the, number, the two number one seeds on both AFC and NFC are all set. So we'll see if some players, you know, we've already heard some players are going to be you know, going to stay out this weekend. We'll tell you about that. And a whole lot more, like Keenan McGee, City Brown, Sexy Esports, on Sports of Chicago, our first show 2024. More NFL talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. New sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. 
these colored pencils too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. to Second City Sports on a special edition. This is our premiere episode for the, kicking out the year 2024. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter X in the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You follow that Kid McGee on the Twitter X. I can't just go get the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left in this broadcast. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Makina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the week 17 slate and a pretty interesting uh, uh, results here. Probably even more, one more, no more interesting, easy for me to say, uh, than the Dallas uh, Lions game that was on Saturday night. Uh, Dallas beat uh, the Lions 2019 to extend their home win streak to 16. Um, uh, you know, 
Detroit had a shot to, you know, to, you know, they got the touchdown. Unfortunately, they went for two, thought they had it, but then there was the mix up, you know, whether or not, you know, old lineman was eligible or ineligible or who was it, whatever, whatever, who was. And then, you know, they tried it from the seven, still didn't get it. Then they, it was another penalty on Dallas and they tried it again. They still, it, it was just a whole bunch of weirdness there. I'll say this about, um, <laughs> about Detroit. Look, at the end of the first half, they had a chance to go for the field goal. They did not. And they could have to the extra point mm-hmm. pass. Look, their defense actually was able to tame Dak and, and CeeDee Lamb and then for the like the those last few minutes, that's what kept Detroit in it. So we you can, yeah, you can say though the you know the mix up with the refs or whatever, but Detroit actually had their shots to win this game and they couldn't just couldn't capitalize. Yeah, the story goes as this uh, Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, told um told the referee at the beginning of the game, if I choose to run this play, I will use these two office linemen and report them as eligible. Of course, as you, you said, the mix-up that happened was num- number 68 who caught the ball, Decker. Uh, he was he was supposed to be eligible, but he wasn't reported uh, by the ref as eligible. Number 70 was. If you saw the video, number 70 uh, was now announced, reported as eligible. But uh, the ref, the main referee, was talking to Nancy. It was a whole uh, ball of confusion. But like you said, the Lions had had their chance, especially on that last play. Like you said, Lakina, that second time they tried it, and then the penalty was called on Dallas, which moved the ball back to the two yard line. Now I thought that Dan Campbell should have kicked the extra point right there, mm-hmm. and you would have played for overtime, and then you would have had your chances still, and you still would have. Still had momentum going into overtime, time the game on the last, on the last possession. But you know, after after that first play, when that when that penalty was called, I I, I you, you looked out by that Dallas penalty. Be after that, you should uh, kick kick the the extra point to tie the game to force overtime. But I do like Dan Campbell's aggressiveness. That's part of his personality. But after that Dallas penalty, after that second try, you should have kicked um, the extra point to force the game to overtime. But what do we know? Right. I'll say, yeah, I guess we don't know too much. But yeah, like like I said, I know Detroit fans were not very happy with it. But like I said, you know, with mm-hmm. the field not going for the field goal at the, at the end of the first half, and then you after the second time, the second pillow that was called, you should have had you should just went ahead to see the extra point, just you know, just took a chance in overtime. But again, I digress. This could be the kind of loss that comes at the back of you in the butt when it comes to CD. We'll talk more about that um uh, in a little bit now. Uh going to Sunday's games, you have Baltimore. And uh, Miami, Baltimore just pounded Miami, 56-19. It was actually pretty close. Miami actually had the early lead in the first quarter, but, you know, the offense for um, for Baltimore kind of kicked it into gear. Lamar Jackson threw for 321 yards and five TDs. Uh, Gus Edwards had a rushing TD and 68 rushing yards. Zay Flowers, um, you know, one TD, yeah, had a one TD catch, 106 yards. Justice Hill also had a, a TD catch. It was also a defense two for uh, Baltimore that that tamed him two interceptions that you know they caught from uh, Tua, and he was sacked three times. But unfortunately, some of those guys were still out there. Tua got banged up. Riley Chubb, you know, Torrey's ACL. He's done for the mm-hmm. year. So that's a whole different conversation there. But Baltimore clinches the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I turned that game off at halftime because after the two interception, things went downhill for ball for yeah. sorry for, for Miami as Baltimore racked up 21 second quarter points. But here's the thing for the Dolphins. They couldn't uh, beat a team uh, with a winning record all year. They'll have the opportunity next Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills for the AFC East Division title. But the Dolphins did miss Jalen Waddle in number two. They couldn't run the ball very well. I know Devin A. Chan had 107 yards for the game, but 
you know, some of those yards came in garbage time because the, the Ravens mm-hmm. uh, ran the game and blew it away. But that Baltimore defense has stepped up, stepped up the last couple of weeks. Like you mentioned, they're, they're sacking quarterbacks and they're taking taking the ball away. Roll Cross Smith, a former Chicago Bear, who got his money last year. Uh, he's living up to that paycheck. He got an inter- interception on Sunday. So the road to the Super Bowl, at least through the AFC, it goes through Baltimore. Now, can they lose? Of course they can. But right now, they're playing the best right now in the, in the National Football League. And Lamar Jackson is your MVP. I think he definitely uh, made a case and probably got the clinch the MVP with this that performance. Uh, most was a 14-plus points uh, with a winning record uh, entering the game. You know, Baltimore, of course, now they now ha- they're, they're now tied the 2014 Patriots who won the Super Bowl that year. So that could bode, bode well for them. You know, that's something to look, uh, to look at down the line. But you know, a really great showing by that. Probably, I think, you know, some of them were questioning, you know, Baltimore, were they for real? I think the last couple of games, they kind of showed you, yeah, yes, they are for real. Now, in the AFC, mm-hmm. uh, the Colts beat uh, the Ra- the Raiders, holding them off 23 uh, to 20, keeping their playoff chances um, alive and well. Gardner Minshew threw for 224 yards and a TD. Jonathan Taylor had a rushing TD and 96 yards. On the flip side, though, for uh, the Raiders, 299 yards by Mr. Aiden O'Connell, the rookie. 71 yards for Zamira Wright, of course. You know, no Josh Jacobs. Uh, Devontae Adams, 126 yards and two TDs. But it was just really, you know, they made, you know, the Raiders, they're correct. They actually made a comeback, but, you know, the Colts made the big plays on defense. They were able to kind of, you know, halt, they were able to hold them off. You just took the words right out of my mouth, Lakina. As, as I said on Friday, Garden Minshew is a better quarterback on paper than Aiden O'Connell. Ball. As you mentioned, O'Connell held up his own. Well, Indianapolis had to uh, make those couple of plays down the stretch just to hold on for the victory. Because as we said before, Lakina, uh, too bad that rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson is not in there. Yeah. I, th- I think they'll probably have a couple more wins, but that's neither here or there. But the Colts have put themselves in a perfect position to make the playoffs when they host to Houston, Texas next Saturday night. Yeah, should, that should be. I'm glad they got a standalone game for that Saturday. You know, good for them in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna it might come down to the winning year in this scenario, but uh, we'll see. Again, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. uh, matchup coming up on uh, Friday. Now, going to Buffalo to upstate New York, we got the Bills holding off the Patriots 27 uh, 21. Josh Allen, 161 yards and an interception. Uh, you know, James Cook, you know, 48 yards. Uh, Allen had the two rushing TDs, and those said hates that, but he actually, but uh, but uh, Cook actually led the the team in rushing, so don't feel, don't, 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 don't freak out. Said uh, Bailey Zappi threw three interceptions and was sacked three times. Again, not the prettiest uh, game for Buffalo, but you know they've been having these kind of games you know, throughout the season. So, but you know this way they would have won this one. Now they're ten and six, and they're kind of like you know, hey, we may have a shot to get and win the AFC East. Well, after giving up that kickoff return for a touchdown, the Bills' defense uh, uh, settled in and, and uh, went after New England and quarterback Brady Zepp, which they forced three interceptions from, from the young man. As you mentioned, the Bills' offense wasn't that great in that second half, but they did enough just to hold off the Patriots. And like you said, like you said, they put themselves in a perfect position. It's almost like it depends on what happens with Houston and Indianapolis on next Saturday mm-hmm. night, but. It's almost like it's a win-your-in scenario for, for Buffalo uh, in Miami as they will face each other next Sunday night for the AFC East Division title. A lot of scenarios. I think they're like, they're still like, interesting, there's still like 20 teams that are still eligible for the playoffs, which is like the most ever. So, you know, there's still like, well, we won't go through all the scenarios, but they're like about like 100. But, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let, let's go. Welcome to Parity, folks, 2023-24. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Jacksonville, no trouble with uh, Carolina. C.J. Bathard in relief of Trevor Lawrence, 178 yards. Uh, no TDs, but he didn't make any big mistakes, so that's a good thing. Uh, Travis Etienne had 102 yards and two TDs, so he was kind of like, you know, yeah, 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 I know, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we look, we said that they, you know, Etienne was going to be showcased a lot with you know, Lawrence being out, so uh, that's what they've been able to do. So yeah, a win that's just what they needed. Yeah, if you're a Bears fan, you congratulate Jacksonville because with Carolina losing, you have the number one pick. Yay! Mm -hmm. I told you I gave less than a damn about that number one pick, but we have all season to talk about that. But as you mentioned, Jacksonville did what they needed mm -hmm. to do uh, to keep their hopes alive in terms of clinching the AFC South next, next weekend. Basically, if they if, if they win their game, they're in their their division champs, and they'll host a playoff game on Wild Card Weekend. So they did what they had to do. The Panthers is just waiting for the season to finish. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina hanging out here with you as we continue to review well, Week 17 action from around the National Football League. We'll go up to East Rutherford, New Jersey, as the New York Football Giants fall one point short at home to the Los Angeles Rams, 26-25. Tyra Taylor, uh, the backup QB for the New York Giants, had 319 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. Kyron Williams for the Los Angeles Rams had 20 carries, 87 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. And Puka Nakua, the rookie wide receiver for the Rams, had five catches for 118 yards. As we said before, with that win, the Los Angeles Rams clinch a playoff spot in the in, in the NFC. As we said, coming into the season, the the Los Angeles Rams, uh, they were a team in limbo, even though they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Matthew Stafford had, had his contract restructured. Uh, defensive tackle Aaron Donald was threatening in retirement. They had changes up and down the roster due to the uh, salary cap constraints. And right now, Sean McVay, he may not get coach of the year, but he's done his best coaching job, in my opinion, all year long. And so with the with the nine wins that they have, they're now officially in the playoffs. And with that strong running game with Kyron Williams, I don't think an NFC team, team like Dallas and San Francisco or Philadelphia wants to play them right now. So we'll see what happens with the Rams going forward as the playoffs will begin in a couple of weeks. But they did take care of the Giants on the road last Sunday, 26-25. to 25. In other action, speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, they dropped one at home to the Arizona Cardinals, 35-31. Kyler Murray for the Cardinals, 232 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. James Conner, the former Pittsburgh Steelers running back, he had 26 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown for Arizona. And for the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion, everybody's been wondering, what's what's been their problem? Uh, why are they not winning consistently? Now they lost four of their last five games. Their defense has given up 31 and a half points per game, and that's not going to get it done. I know you have studs like Hassan, uh, Hassan Reddick, and you still have uh, Brandon Graham as a veteran uh, linebacker there from their world championship team a few years ago. But their defense for Philadelphia, uh, it's not – Doing well right now, as I mentioned, giving up over 31 and a half points per game. Offensively, Jalen Hurts, uh, he still does not look the same as he did last year when he was playing at an MVP caliber level. I know uh, it was a, a return home in quotes for Arizona head coach Jonathan Gannon, who was, who was Philadelphia's 
offensive coordinator last year, now head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And here's the thing about Philadelphia. Uh, I know the wide receivers, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, they have phenomenal seasons, but they've been complaining about time, at times about the, uh, the play call and about them not receiving the ball as, as much. So uh, we'll see what happens with Philadelphia as they had a chance to perhaps wrap up the number two seed in the NFC, but with that loss uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they're going to play on wild card weekend, and they're going to have to win their game next week against the New York football Giants, and with and they have to have the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Washington Commanders. If that happens, Philadelphia will be the NFC East champs, but for the Dallas Cowboys, if they just beat the Commanders, they'll be the NFC champs, and it doesn't matter what Philadelphia does at that point, but we'll talk about that more on Friday. To the NFC South, where the Buccaneers had a chance to clinch the division, they did not get it done. It was the New Orleans Saints dominating from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. As the Saints beat the Buccaneers 23-13, Baker Mayfield, 309 yards passing, two touchdowns, but two critical interceptions. Jamal Williams for the New Orleans Saints had 19 carries for 58 yards, and Juwan Johnson for the Saints had eight catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. I did watch the, some of this game via this computer screen, and the Saints uh, dominated the first half, sco scoring 17 points. Tampa Bay couldn't get the get the running game going. Baker Mayfield was forcing the issue, and the Buccaneers looked discombobulated offensively, but it, the Saints took advantage of that. I know Alvin Kamara got injured at some point during this game, but the Saints' defense turned up as well. As I mentioned, they forced two Baker Mayfield interceptions. They got home to him a couple of times, So, and the Saints did what they needed to do. To hold on for that 10 point victory on a road. Uh, I know the Buccaneers made a comeback of it late, scoring 13 points, but it was just, just too little, too late. And the NFC South will come down to the last uh, day of the season this upcoming Sunday between these two teams, right? In the uh, last of a couple early games, it was the four mentioned San Francisco 49ers who, who clinched the number one seed. They defeated the Washington Commanders 20. 7-10 in our nation's capital. Brock Purdy, after throwing four interceptions last Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens, he comes back with a strong game, 230 yards passing, two touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell, who started in place of the injured Christian McCaffrey, had 17 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had seven catches, 114 yards, and a score for San Francisco. As I said before, it was a buck kicking that the 49ers received by Baltimore at home in that on excuse me, on national television last Monday night, but they rebounded back nicely with a nice 17-point win on the road. The commanders are looking forward to next season, perhaps coaching changes. While the 49ers clinched that number one seed in next week's game against the Los Angeles Rams on the road will, will not mean anything, and they get the 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 only buy in the NFC. So the, uh, presumably they'll have just two weeks off to get ready for the playoffs. So the 49ers, at against Shellacks by Baltimore, they're playing their best football of the year so far as they get back on track with that win against Washington. Now to the late games and one more early game, I should say, before we get to the late games, it was the Houston, Texas uh, with the return of rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, they get it done by blowing out the Tennessee Titans by the score of 26 to three CJ Stroud for Houston, 213 yards and a touchdown. Devin Singletary, 16 carries at 80 yards and Nico Collins has seven catches for 80 yards. It was all about the defense for the Nico Ryans and the Houston Texans. 
the Titans on the flip side just couldn't get anything done offensively as the Texans took it, took advantage, putting up 17 second quarter points to basically put that game away. So the Texans stay alive for the AFC South division title and perhaps for the playoffs as they'll travel to Indianapolis to face the Indianapolis Colts next Saturday night. It's almost in a win win or in in your end scenario. So we'll see how happens with this young Texas team this coming weekend. Now to the late games. As Lakina mentioned earlier, the Pittsburgh Steelers upset the Seattle Seahawks on the road, 30-23. Geno Smith lost 290 yards in a touchdown. And Najee Harris ran the ball well for the Pittsburgh Steelers 27 times, 122 yards. George Pickens has been hot the last couple weeks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their sub wide receiver had seven catches for 131 yards. Lakina. Our, our girl Maddie Spagnola from Sox on 35th and the Chicago Bearcats on YouTube. She predicted this on our show last Friday that the Steelers will upset the Seattle the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm not going to say I didn't see this coming. I thought it was going to be a hard fall game, but Seattle poo-poos themselves in the foot down the stretch. And, and Pittsburgh, be honest with you, from start to finish, they took control of this game early. Yeah, I mean that's you know the, the you know you know the Steelers definitely had control early on and from the from the jump and to their credit though I mean Mason Rudolph has been able has been you know, a solid uh you know pickup you know for you know they keep their playoff hopes alive and with the fact that of course you know Baltimore they play Baltimore uh, on Saturday afternoon and unfortunately we'll, we'll you know with I'm sure a lot of you know, the Baltimore guys are going to sit out so Mason Rudolph you know 274 yards uh, Najee mm-hmm. Harris you know, 122 yards and two TDs. On the flip side for Geno Smith, uh, 290 yards and a TD. But it just couldn't get things going, especially on the rushing side. Only 53 yards for uh, Kenneth Walker, the third. And uh, they'll give the credit to the uh, Steelers defense, too. They were able to kind of tame Seattle. Yep. Now Seattle uh, is in a uh, win-a-go-home scenario as they'll play the Arizona Cardinals on the road next week. If they win, they'll need some help to get in. Of course, for Pittsburgh, they need a whole lot more things to happen. We'll We'll see what happens between those two teams next weekend. Of course, the Denver Broncos will host what well, did host the Los Angeles Chargers. As we said, this was the lesser of two evils. Of course, Russell Wilson was sent home by the Broncos last week. And of course, Justin Herbert on the flip side for the Chargers. His season is overdue to a finger injury. The Broncos came away with a 16 9 victory. Jerry Stidham, 224 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler only 46 rush yards for the Chargers. McKenna, I did check, check in on this game a couple of times. It looked ugly from the starting, and it was a reflection of the score. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just a, you know, not a not a very good game, you know. And, it, of course, it's really, this game really didn't mean anything for the Broncos, you know, because with the Chiefs, you know, winning and then the Bengals losing, you know, the Broncos have been eliminated from uh, playoff contention along with the uh, with the Bengals. So, unfortunately, this is more of a pride, I guess, you know, win for them. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, hopefully they can finish. Finish up strong, and we'll see what happens in the quarterback position. That's really like the bigger story. All right. Speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, like you mentioned, they're eliminated from playoff contention after drop, dropping an eight-point loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, 25-17. The Chiefs defense, uh, sorry, the Chiefs offense still does not look good, but they were bailed out by Harrison Buckner, that kicker who kicked five field goals. Patrick Mahomes, 245 yards in the touchdown pass. Isaiah Pacheco, their star running back, 18 carries for 130 yards. And Rasheed Rice, their star wide receiver, five catches for 127 yards. Yeah, uh, you know, you know Buckner, that was six field goals by Buckner, which is a oh. career high for, for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they were they, they couldn't get into the end zone, unfortunately, so there's still some problems with that Chiefs 
offense, but they still were able to do enough to win. Uh, Cincinnati, unfortunately, they just kid. You know, they they try to get going. They score fourteen points. They made it things interesting. They were actually leading at halftime, but the offense just couldn't, you know, get it couldn't sustain itself. You know, unfortunately, OJ you know, Browning, uh, you know, had a TD at 197 yards, but it was sacked six times. So it was really the Chiefs' defense that kind of helped them out uh, on that front. So uh, yeah, very uh, not a, not a pretty win, but you'll take it if you're Andy Reid. And it looks like Patrick Holmes is going to sit out this week. So uh, no, they've already clinched a three seed. So there's really nothing they can't get any higher than that. You know, for, for the Chiefs. So yeah, they they probably will sit them. But uh, a nice win for the Chiefs, just what they what they needed. And the Chiefs are your AFC West division champs for the fifth straight time. Now to our Sunday night contest where the Green Bay Packers eliminated the Minnesota Vikings from playoff contention by defeating uh, the, the Purple Gate. Purple Gang by the score of 33-10. Jordan Love, 256 yards and three touchdown passes. Aaron Jones for the Packers, their running back. He's heating up over these last few weeks. He had 20 carries for 120 yards. And their stud wide receiver for the night was Bo Melton. Six catches for 105 yards in the score. Yeah, uh, Jaron Hall just couldn't get it going for a Minnesota was sacked. Uh, three times. The only pass for 67 yards. Kirk Cousins, I guess, you know, he's looking better and better, I guess, at that, that contract. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, once he got out, I mean, the wheels kind of, after that nice little mini good start by Josh Dobbs, a little surprised they didn't go to him, but uh, again, I digress. That's something for uh, Kevin O'Connell to, to answer. Uh, on the flip side, though, for the Packers, 256 yards for Jordan Love and three TDs, was able to stay upright, too. Aaron Jones, I want to see how he does against the, uh, that that run defense for the Bears. That's going to be an interesting matchup coming up on Sunday. Uh, Bo Melton, 105 yards and two and a TD. Jaden Reed had two TDs as well for the Packers. So, yeah, so they, they've set themselves up to be a, a win in their uh, scenario as, for themselves. All right, around this time, we like to do our studs and does for the current week. Now, for week 17, Lakina, I will give you the floor to lead off. Who were your three studs from week 17? I'm going to say that, you know, for my disappearing act, my apologies for that. Uh, Arizona, I mean, what a way to go. Go to Philadelphia in a hostile environment. The Jonathan Gannon revenge game, as they as they, mm. as they touted it. Um, look, look, they could have tanked, but I, I think, look, I think Gannon wanted this win more than anything. If you if you think about it, Kyler Murray, uh, three TDs, uh, two hundred, you know, twenty three, three hundred thirty two yards. I should say, uh, James uh, Connor had one hundred twenty eight yards. The you know the defense made the, just enough stops for them to win that game. Two hundred twenty one uh, rushing yards in total. So a uh, nice win for Arizona and uh, Philadelphia. They've gone off. They might go all the way down to the fourth seed if you know. If whatever happens on Sunday, uh, my next, uh, I would say Baltimore. I'm gonna do this a twofold. I'm gonna do Baltimore and San Francisco. They both get big wins. Baltimore probably mm-hmm. even bigger, you know, being Miami. Both them, both teams are now set themselves up to be the number one seeds in both the AFC and the NFC. They get to chill for a little bit. We'll see if some of them uh, play. And uh, I'll say the Rams. I mean, the Rams look they clinch a playoff bro, of course, with a Seattle loss, but. You know, they held off the Giants. I know the other Giants, you know, fought hard, you know, to get back into it, but they just had to win it. Kyron Williams made some big games, some big yards to try to, you know, to kind of sustain it. And the defense for the uh, the, the the Rams, you know, Aaron Donald, he might not, you know, be the same Aaron Donald we saw from when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but he still made some big plays in that defense did too. So, yeah, they're going back to the playoffs. Could be a very dangerous team. So, yeah, those are my three studs. All right, my three studs are as follows. Uh, Cowboys wide receiver, C.D. Lamb had 13 catches for 227 yards in the score as the Cowboys hold on to defeat the Detroit Lions last Saturday night, 2019. 
My next stud would, would be Khalil Herbert, the running back of the Chicago Bears, 18 carries for 124 yards and a touchdown. And my third stud will be DJ Moore, who's playing with an injured ankle. You would have noticed it last Sunday as he caught nine balls for 159 receiving yards and a touchdown as the Bears defeated the Falcons 37-17 to to improve their record to 7-9 on the season. Yeah, I want to give my uh, bonus uh, stud uh, to the Packers on their win against Minnesota. Uh, thanks to that win against Minnesota, they rushed for almost 200 yards. Y'all passed for 275 yards total. They threw no interceptions. He, like I say, you know, Love was not sacked. Uh, it was not sacked. They held the ball for like almost 36 minutes. They've covered 50, 60% of their third downs. You know, no other team in the Super Bowl era has done that. Any of those things on the road, especially. So, uh, Big history there made there by the uh by the Packers there. My my three duds, uh you know Philadelphia. I I think I've been saying it for like the last two weeks. What's going on over there? Something's afoot down over there in uh, Philly. And uh yeah, I don't know if it's the you know guys are banged up or other stuff happening. You know on the inside with the defense especially. So they better try to get it right or else they're going to be you know early exit for them uh and the playoffs uh let's see my other uh cincinnati you needed this win uh to keep yourselves in contention and perhaps maybe do a one year in and control your destiny they weren't able to do it um just uh, who else uh washington i i i i have nothing i've got <laughs> nothing it looks like Ron Rivera is going to be out. So, uh, yeah, that, I, that's all I can say for that. And then Detroit-Dallas, uh, the ending of that game, that was just a, just a, just weird from the from the get-go. That'll be my first uh, Dan Campbell trying to uh, be slick to the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, as the old saying goes, karma's a B.I. and you can fill out the rest. So I'll give uh, Dan Campbell, uh, after that uh, second try where Dallas ha- was had that penalty called on them, which – Brought it back to the two-yard line. Dan Campbell should have uh, kicked the extra point to force it over time. He didn't do it, so Detroit walks away uh, from Dallas with a loss, mm. even though they'll probably be the number three seed, but we'll see what happens on Sunday. My second dud will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, their yeah. offense did not show up. Baker Mayfield threw two bad picks, and the Saints control their game from, here, from there on now as the Saints uh, dominated the Buccaneers 23-13. And my third dud, I agree with you, Lakina, will be that Philadelphia Divas. I know where you are away. I I, I was giving out my thoughts that uh, people were asking, what's wrong with this Philadelphia team? Their defense, which now loses four of their last five games, their defense has given up an average of over 31.5 points per game during that stretch. Mm-hmm. Well, we had also, uh, going back to the Bucs, oddly enough, that they actually play the Panthers <laughs> on Sunday, so – they went in yeah. there and they took control over Dusty even with that loss. So uh, we'll see. Baker Mayfield has a little, some bruised ribs. So that's something to look out for as the weeks go on. So, uh, yeah, we'll see when we do our picks over the girl Christine Manica from KXRP on Friday. And, uh, yeah, our number one in the books, our number two, our, yeah, our number two straight ahead is the second season sports on Sports of Chicago. Joel B is back and said, uh, 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 that's why he loves playing the Bulls and the rest of the NBA slate over the last few days of course we'll recap uh, the football <laughs> playoff <laughs> the playoff semifinals also the new york six bowl uh bowl games some uh, great performance by some teams others not so much and a whole lot more like Kenny mcgee city Brown, second season sports <laughs> on sports of chicago busy hour two coming up right after this
you're in my lane. No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of this special edition of Second City Sports, our debut show for the year 2024. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter, X, I can't again, the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago right now. Now available on Roku TV. All right, let's go to the hardwood for a second, uh, Mr. Brown. As uh, the Bulls, uh, yeah, uh, they uh, get a tough, uh, lots of tough one. I mean, they 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 beat uh, the you know, they beat the Sixers um, a couple of days before on Saturday. That was with, but the, again, no Joel and beat there. He was resting ankle injury. Now on the flip side, though, he came back and uh, we just you know I think you know. 
showed, you know, think he showed you why he loves playing the Bulls. He had 31 mm-hmm. points, uh, 15 uh, rebounds and 10 assists. So he had a triple double. Um, I believe it's like his 40th of his career, if I'm not mistaken, 40th triple double for him. Um, you know, Ty- Tyrese Maxey kicked in with 21, um, and also two Tobias Harris, so kicked in with 20. Uh, just the you know, hot three point shooting, uh, by by the Sixers. You know, they were 40 percent, 12 for 30 for three point range when they hit their shots. They're hard to beat as uh, the Sixers beat the Bulls, uh, 110. To 97. Some guys got banged up for the Bulls. I know that uh, Kobe White got banged up with an ankle injury. He only had 14. I know P. Will had a, uh, he was banged up early in the first quarter with an ankle injury near the end of the first quarter. He only had three points. So, uh, was just a tough loss for the Bulls. But uh, I, I think, like, I guess it'd be, I guess, all the Bulls won uh, after those last, those last two losses against them. You know, last Saturday, Lakina, the reason why the Bulls did beat Philadelphia, despite it not being there. They shared the basketball, and they were making their shots, and they were playing team defense. Last night, it was the opposite. You mentioned Philadelphia's hot shooting, especially from the outside, and that three-point win shooting around 40% or so. The Bulls only shot the three-point ball <clears throat> at an 18% clip. Obviously, it's not going to get it done for any team. I don't care what kind of level of basketball you're playing. And as I said before, Lee Kenny had to have average between 25 and 32 assists as a team to win the ball games. The Bulls did not do that. They only had 17 team assists. That's not going to get it done either. Three of your starting uh, members of your starting five had double figures, but as you mentioned uh, with the injuries that they suffered last night, Andre Drummond, I thought, was the best out of the starting five. I know DeMar DeRozan had the most points out of that starting five, but I thought Andre Drummond, uh, he played the best out of that starting five. And Ayo Sumo, who had 15 points off the bench. Outside of that, Javon Carter, uh, even though he's been playing better these last few weeks, he tried. I know the stats doesn't show it as much, but outside Ayo Dusumo last night, uh, you really didn't get much from their from their bench. Yeah, they really didn't, especially after you know Kobe you know, went out and P will went out. So there was really they weren't getting, except for Dusumo, they were, were really getting a lot of help. And uh, so I think the six, like I said, they wanted to kind of get a get back from those last two losses against the Bulls. So especially with Embiid, you know, so uh, yeah, I think that kind of shows you why there. You know, they go to fifteen and. And uh, 20, I'll talk about the Bulls, and uh, they play the Knicks. That will be the uh, primetime game on ABC tonight. So uh, we'll talk about the Knicks in a second. They made a big trade, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the Bulls, I mean, look, they have a pretty tough schedule. They're going to be, you know, doing a lot of back-to-backs. They're going to have, like, 15 games in, like, you know, 31 days. The second of those, those 15. So mm-hmm. especially if, you know, heaven forbid, you know, Kobe's going to be out for a little, you know, for a bit and such with Vooch being out. If you're the Bulls, you want to try at least stay afloat at the very least. Yeah, and speaking of news on the injury fund for the Chicago Bulls, today Zach Levine is supposed to report to the Windy City Bulls for um, for for conditioning and practicing with that team. He may, we'll repeat, he may return to the Bulls at, when they host the Charlotte Hornets at the UC on Friday. So we'll see what happens with that. But like you said, injuries, the injury bug is starting to creep up on the Bulls, and, and no time is a good time to have injuries. But the way the Bulls have been playing, even though despite that ugly loss last night, this Bulls team has been playing well, especially at exact without Zach Levine. Like, you know, we talked about it, that the Bulls do need Zach Levine's production, but will Zach Levine uh, help contribute to the team, or will he become that, that stagnant ball play offense where he's been known as for his entire career? We'll see what happens when he – makes his return hopefully sooner rather than later if you're a Bulls fan. But 
I want to see what they do against the Knicks tonight. Uh, we'll see if Kobe plays, and we'll uh, we'll see uh, what can. I think this will be the game for the Bulls bench to make their mark, especially like you said, Lakina, coming off a, a back-to-back ugly loss last night against one of the best teams in the league. Uh, the Knicks, I know uh, they've been struggling here lately, and we'll talk about their uh, win on New Year's Day against the Minnesota Timberwolves in just a second, but. I want to see the Bulls bench start to uh, step up outside Io DeSumo. I mentioned about Javon Carter. I know he didn't do much last night, but he's been playing well over these last few weeks. I want to see some of the other guys like Dale and Terry step up tonight. So I think it's going to be key for that Bulls bench to uh, uh, make a difference in this game tonight against the New York Knicks. As you're going up against the likes of Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, who had a heck of a game the other day against uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Knicks game tonight. If, if you, know, you know, God forbid, you know, the Bulls are shorthanded for this game. But uh, the Bulls usually show up against the Knicks, especially at the MSG. So uh, we'll see if they can, you know, keep it going there, especially since it's going to be on national television. Um, uh, speaking of those uh, games from last night, uh, the Horn, uh, the Hornets uh, upset the the Kings 111-104. Terry Rozier had a, a season-high 34 points for uh for the uh for the Hornets and uh Darren Fox had 30 points and it was their their three point shooting that kind of let the Kings down in this game last night. Yeah, and their uh, attention to detail defensively uh wasn't there in that fourth quarter last night. I did watch some of that game live via this computer screen. The Hornets just made uh better shots. They were more aggressive, especially around the offensive boards. And the Hornets, it, I know People expect them to be better than this, but of course, uh, Lamella Ball's been having injury issues the last couple of years, and they just don't have the uh, the uh, deeper talent like uh, the other teams around uh, the Eastern Conference. But it was a nice, uh, surprising win for the Hornets last night on the road. Uh, and, and on the flip side, though, in the Bay Area, a little just across the Bay, uh, the, the the Warriors got a much needed win against uh, the Magic, one twenty one one fifteen. Saw a little bit of this game uh, last night. Uh, this was a, the second half of the TNT doubleheader. Steph Curry had thirty six points, uh, four for nine for three, which is actually a struck. Was actually that's actually not a that's not a good day for Steph, but he made the big your free throws when they needed to. Um, you know, John Kaminga, you know, kicked it with nineteen. And of course, is actually Clay not having his best shooting night either. It was only three for eight or three point range, but they did just enough to win the game. Talk about the Warriors did. As we said, uh, the Warriors have been uh, struggling with consistency all year long. Part of it's due to injuries. The other part is, of course, Draymond Green, who's currently away uh, away from the team. But as you mentioned, it's got to be those veterans leading those young guys like Steph. And like I said, Clay didn't have his best game last night, but he's going to have to step it up as well. Chris Paul has been tremendous as the backup point guard for the Warriors. I know him and Steph have been playing together here and there. Uh, throughout the season because of various injuries. But you mentioned some of the young guys like Kaminga is going to have to step up. But Kevon Looney, who's, who's been there uh, through the last part of that championship run uh, with the, with those teams as well. So it's going to be up to everybody co- to contribute. Now, I was watching real quick, looking. I was watching the end of NBA Today on ESPN television yesterday. And Malika Andrews, of all people, uh, 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 asked this question. What can the Warriors do around the trade deadline to – uh, acquire that that missing piece, uh, a difference maker. I don't know if they can do it because they're under salary cap constraints. And, and what do they really have that other teams want? I don't think they have anything. They, that's the that's problem. What I'm saying. 
Yeah, that, that's the problem for the Warriors. I don't think they have anything to give to other teams. So uh, you're kind of stuck if you're the Warriors. You know, all they can do is just hopefully you can get Draymond back you know, before or even after the All-Star break and uh, just hope that he's on his best behavior. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see you know, how that goes. Now, you know, the Thunder, this showdown here with the top teams, the Thunder beat the, the Celtics holding them off 127 123. Uh, Shy Gillikas Alexander, he had 36 points. Uh, Josh Kitty had 23. Kicked in BO 23 points. Uh, their three point shooting was really the uh, not not really a big part, but you know, the, the unfortunate for the Celtics on the flip side, uh, though, uh, True Hall, they only had seven points. That's not going to do it for you. It's after uh, Jason Taylor did have 30 points, Kristoff had 34. Uh, but again, there was really not too much you know, to help. You know, Jalen Brown only had 15, was all free from three, and that was really the big difference. That's why the Thunder was able to beat the Celtics. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of the Celtics Celtics players that did not come through. Some of their stars you mentioned with Jalen Brown, Christoph Porzingis had a, a great game with 34 points. As I mentioned, Lakina before in the last couple of weeks, whenever he's healthy, he gets that uh, different dynamic on on the on the offensive front with the Celtics front line along with Jason Tatum. But on the flip side for Oklahoma City, my guy Jalen Williams, he only had 16 points. But, you know, he shot the ball well. He was 6-9 and nine, uh, overall, two or two from three-point range. He had some big buckets, especially down the stretch last night. You talk about uh, uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, who should be an all-star again this year. Uh, he, led the, he led the team uh, with 23 uh, – sorry, with 36 points. Josh getting mentioned with 23. But that Oklahoma City team has a nice collection of young talent. I know they have a better record than – Many of us expect to coming into the year. They're now 23 and 9. I think their head coach should be in serious consideration for head coach of the year. And as we said before, we'll ask it again. Uh, Oklahoma City, I think they're I think they're this year's Sacramento Kings. So and I think they're slightly better than the Kings of Rice this year, but I think they're better than what the Kings were last year around this time before they really start taking off. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up. Uh New Orleans be uh, the Nets, uh, 112 uh, to 85. Memphis, no trouble with uh, San Antonio. Did you see John Morrow with that dunk over uh, women, Yama? I, I mean, yes. I, I, yeah. I'm sure that that's gonna, yeah, that, that's gonna probably gonna give women, Yama. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, he'll get them back. I'm sure, you know, maybe if not this, this, you know, this, uh, not this season, but I'm sure within the next couple of years, I think he'll probably remember that. You know, Victor has a pretty like long, he says he has a pretty long memory, so I'm sure he's probably gonna mm-hmm. keep that. On his list, uh, going into Monday's games, New Year's Day, uh, the Clippers, like, they're just starting to kind of figure things out. Uh, they beat Miami 121-104. Kawhi had 24, and a nice uh, balanced scoring for uh, the Clippers. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, the Clippers, they have to stay healthy, i.e. Paul George, i.e. Kawhi Leonard, i.e. to a lesser extent, Russell Westbrook, who's coming off the bench. Head coach Ty Lu has some pieces to play with, and, and James Harden looks like he's starting to fit into his role a, a little bit. You know, you can score here and there, become that facilitator like he did a few times and when he was with the Houston Rockets. So as long as the Clippers stay healthy, they'll be right there. The Miami Heat on the flip side, Lakina, uh, if it's not Jimmy Butler, if it's not Bam Adebayo scoring, who else is going to score? You need guys like Tyler Hero to step up. And Kyle Lowry, where you get out of him, it's a bonus. But uh, the Clippers, as you mentioned, as long as they stay healthy, they'll be right there at the end. Phoenix, you got a bunch of wins against Portland. Um, Utah, <laughs> yeah, slight upset here. Utah beat uh, Dallas 127-90. Uh, Utah's kind of been up and down lately. You know, they're kind of like near the bottom. But 
you know, they've made some you know quite wins, especially this, including this one uh, against Dallas, uh, Denver, no trouble with Charlotte, uh, the Pacers with my upset over the Bucks, Houston. We know Giannis did score sixty ass for the game ball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably not. Uh, Houston uh, beat Detroit, so hopefully this doesn't start for another losing streak for Detroit. Uh, Toronto, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Toronto beats Cleveland, and then the Knicks beat uh, the T Wolves in this showdown early showdown here. Uh, Thirty nine points for uh, Julius Randle, and one a big trade that the Knicks made uh, with Toronto. Uh, you know, has already kind of paid a dividend so far. OG uh, Anachanube had uh, 17 points. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's a, a big you know, three-point shooter. He was one of the sort of like the, the, the forward for uh, the Raptors. It looks like the Knicks kind of gave up a lot. They gave up guys like Obi Toppin and a few others to be able to get rid of him. But it, it's just like, well, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, at least it gave him a little bit more depth. But if you're the Knicks, but it's going to be interesting to see what – what they do here, especially with the T Wolves, you know, they got a nice big win for for them. Yeah, I'll comment on that uh, on that trade with the with Toronto from over the weekend. Of course, RJ Bear has been uh, hit and miss for the New York Knicks. We'll see what he does as he'll get more playing time with the Raptors. OJ Nobi, he's been uh, cause, uh, been considered the baby version of Pascal Siakam uh, for the Toronto Raptors. He's been on their roster for the last few years and. And as we said before, and I'll say it again, the Knicks are looking for that third score. I think OJ Nobi will help out, especially defensively. Offensively, he still has some things to work on, but I think he'll be fine. But uh, the question is for Toronto, is this Ayujiri? Is he, uh, will he blow up this team? Because, like I said, Pascal Siakam, the former All-Star from a couple years ago when the All-Star game was here in Chicago, you know, we saw what he did in the finals and we saw what he did. Uh, the next year to earn the all-star bid. And we see what he's doing now. We're talking about Siakam. He's still one of the top young players in the league. Uh, will you keep Scotty Barnes and build around him, just get rid of everybody else? Uh, Fred Van Fleet left for via agency to go to Houston to take all that mm -hmm. money. And so if Pascal Siakam is the next up uh, by the trade deadline, what are you going to get from him? I think you, you'll get uh, – you. You know, I think you'll get a pretty fair, fair, fair deal for him. It's just a, which team is, has enough to pony up to get him. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of some next match feel as though they give a lot, you know, with Baron. I think a couple of like second rounders, but uh, we'll see what uh what they do with that. And I'm sure no no uh, Shinobi will be a good uh, asset for that team as a second seed sports. Uh, sports is probably Keenan McGee, Steve Brown with you as we talk some NBA. Going to the New Year's Eve matchups. Uh, Phoenix, you'll benefit from a little softer part of their schedule, so they get another a good win. Holding off Orlando, one twelve, one oh seven. Uh, Sacramento beat Memphis, uh, 123-92, so they've been pretty handily. Boston, no trouble with San Antonio. OKC beat, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, New Orleans beats the Lakers, and the Hawks beat the Wizards. Uh, 40 points, a season high for Mr. Trey Young there. Now going into Saturday's matchups, uh, Dallas got the best of Golden State in their, their, uh, showdown. Luka had 39 points, uh, for them, and, uh, the it was really like the hot shooting by him that kind of helped propel Dallas to that win against the Warriors. Yeah, you mentioned Dallas have been kind of that uh, they started off hot to start out the year. Of course, the injuries to Luca and Kyrie especially has uh, dampened this team. But uh, as we said about a couple of other uh, contending teams, who's going to be that third scorer for Dallas? And, and it looks like it's, it's, it's going to be a scratch and call from here on out to the end of the season. But longest Luca and Kyrie stay healthy. I think this Dallas team is better than what their record is right now. We know Luka, when healthy, can play at an MVP-type level. 
And we know what Kyrie can do, even though he's starting to creep up there in age. I believe he's around his early 30s now. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Dallas Mavericks. Like you said, that was a nice win on the road last Saturday night. But uh, them, along with Phoenix, they got to stay healthy. Uh, stay healthy now. I think they'll be that much more dangerous as, as uh, both uh, playoff contending teams. T-Wolves edge at the Lakers. Uh, we talked about the Bulls, uh, Sixers, uh, that game on Saturday. Uh, Pacers score 140. They uh, outlast literally uh, the Knicks 140-126. Uh, Detroit snapped their 28-game losing streak. They uh, edged out Toronto 128-127. Uh, 30 points from Cade Cunningham. Of course, they will lose their next game, but like I said, hopefully that's not a start of a new <laughs> losing streak. Uh, Utah Utah beat uh, Miami 117-109. Colin Sexton uh, had Sexton had uh, 22 points uh, for them uh, going into Friday's games. Uh, of course, Knicks, you know, they lost to Atlanta. That's probably why they made the trade for Anand uh, uh Clippers uh, held off Memphis, pulling away from them. Portland beat San Antonio. Uh, like I said, Phoenix has benefited from a small part of schedule. They beat Charlotte again prior. Uh, OKC beat Denver. Uh, Philadelphia uh, had to you know, pull away to beat uh, Houston. 119-111 uh, uh, Milwaukee over Cleveland. Boston uh, hold off, held off Toronto. Sacramento beat Atlanta. Washington beat Brooklyn. And or like I told, I mentioned about the Atlanta Squad. That's why they made the trade. Like you know, from the Knicks. The Knicks were actually zero and two before had lost two straight before that trade, and now mm-hmm. they're now two and zero since. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if they go two and zero tonight against the Bulls. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting how that an Adobe trade uh, you know comes out. Yeah, that's why Toronto lost that game last Saturday. Congratulations again to the Pistons for snapping that historic losing. So we'll see what happens with them going down the road. But that, that game last Friday with Toronto and Boston, I had a chance to watch a little bit of it, at least the highlights anyway. I know Jason Tatum sat and, and, and another mm-hmm. star sat. But as I said before, and I'll say it again, the Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA. We have Christoph Porzingis at the four. You have Jason Tatum, you know, uh, uh, playing at the three. You have Jalen Brown on all clicking on all sellers. You have Drew Holiday locking it down defensively at the point guard position. Uh, uh, which team can beat them when all of them clicking like that? I don't see any team right now. I know we still have a long way to go, but I don't see anybody be, beating them right now. Yes, I, I'm guilty as charged. I did pick Milwaukee to win the NBA title, but and we'll see what happens uh, with them as Giannis and Damian Lillard. It looks like they're starting to figure things out a little bit, but they got to have their other stars. I'm talking about with uh, Chris Milton stay healthy. Uh, Malik Beasley is going to have to step up. And so uh, you still have Brooke Lopez is still uh, being productive after all these years from the center position. So it looks like Giannis and Dame started to figure things out. Boston has been stuck on the mag all year long. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll get those two matched up in Easter Conference Finals. That'll be a hell of a series. I'm still worried about their depth. That depth, I think that's really my problem with uh, Boss. That's why I'm not. I'm, yeah. not thinking, I, I'm still, like I said, I know they've been playing lights out. They had a couple of you know, couple of, uh, losses, you know, here and there, but they're still like they got the top record in the NBA right now. But again, you got to wonder as we begin to you know get to February and you know close to the playoffs, it'll. Uh, we'll see if they can make another trade. You know, they get more, add more depth to their team because I think that's, but like that's going to kill you in the playoffs. You don't have you know, as much depth mm-hmm. as you, you, you can. So, uh, still a little worried about Boston, but again, you know, right now they're playing. They are the best team in the league, you know, bar none. Uh, going to the rest of this week's games uh, tonight, Wednesday, we mentioned the Bulls and the Knicks at AB on ABC at seven thirty. Hopefully, the Bulls don't completely embarrass themselves on national television. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, Washington and Cleveland at six. 
Uh, Milwaukee and Indiana, I'm sure Milwaukee will want their revenge from the last a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, so oh, yeah, I'd get that game ball from Giannis too. I'm sure he's going to take his ball and go home, literally, especially if they win tonight. <laughs> okay, see in Atlanta, uh, Brooklyn and Houston, Toronto and Memphis, and New Orleans and, Min- and, Min- and Minnesota. That should be a fun one. And finish out tonight's schedule Wednesday, we'll have Portland at Dallas. We'll have the Clippers at the Suns. That should be an interesting uh, contest. Of course, Detroit Pistons will continue their West Coast road trip. They'll take on the Utah Jazz. And we'll have the Heat, the Miami Heat at the Los Angeles Lakers at 9 o'clock. That game will be televised on ESPN. And rounding out tonight's schedule, we'll have Orlando at Sacramento. That should be an underrated fun game as well. Couple of uh, two up and comers. That should be a that should be a fun one. They're out there in uh in the in the California capital. Okay, you know Thursday night TNT games are back. Yay! Yay. No more Thursday night football. <laughs> Yay! I know they're happy. I know the TNT folks are glad about that. Uh, should be a good doubleheader here. Uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow you got Milwaukee and San Antonio. It's gonna be the first game of the TNT doubleheader. And the second game should be a fun one here. These two have already already had some good battles this year. You got Denver and Golden State. That's a, that's the uh, the nightcap, the, the late nightcap, I should say. I want to talk about that second game for tomorrow on TNT for just a moment. You mentioned the Nuggets and the Warriors. You mentioned those two teams having uh, uh, had a, a great battle battle so far this year, and particularly those two teams were matched up to the end season tournament. I think uh, with Denver, they're starting to get healthy a little bit. I, I know that the regular season is going to be a challenge for them. One because other teams are bringing their A game because they're defending world champs, and number two. Health, health. Mm-hmm. But with this game tomorrow night, I want to see how Jokic does against the Golden State Warriors because now with the Warriors not having Draymond Green, uh, I think Jokic should have a monster game. I'm expecting him to score at least 35 points. I don't think that's too much to ask. And of course, you still have Jamal Murray. I know Aaron Gordon is still Gordon is still out due to an infection uh, um, infection bite by his dog. But outside of that, I think it should be a heck of a game. I'm looking for different depth outside of Jokic and Mer- Jamal Murray to step up. And then for the Warriors, as we said before, can some of the young guys step up to help out Chris Paul, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry? I'm looking for Klay Thompson to have a big game tomorrow. Should be a fun one between these two. And uh, look, you know, these two have had their battles in you know, the last couple of times they played. So I- I'm sure. You know, I'm sure Warriors want to get a little bit of get back, especially take advantage of Porter being out. So uh, he is mm-hmm. really better from what we're hearing. So hopefully, maybe within the next week or two, he'll be back. Um, but yeah, this should be this could be a fun matchup. Um, you know, it's, it's gonna. I'm glad to kind of have, have a showcase game, you know, on, on TNT for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're listening to Second City Sports on a special edition, the Wednesday edition of First Show for 2024 on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina hanging out here with you as we talk NBA in the Chicago Bulls. Kino, Lakina, we still have a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know they've been suffering through injuries all year long. I believe Donovan Mitchell is a free agent after next season. Mm-hmm. I know there's been some talk about him uh, being traded at the trade deadline. Call me crazy, but I don't think Cleveland is going to trade him. They they still are right there as far as competing for the playoffs. They just got to get their guys back healthy. I know what they did against the Bulls a couple of weeks ago. Max Struss coming home and destroying mm-hmm. the Bulls. But uh, we, what are your feelings about this Cleveland Cavaliers team right now? I mean, you had you know, guys that stepped up. I mean, look, Jared Allen, he's been really solid. You saw what he did against the Bulls. Uh, you know, 
it, it's stressed too as well. You know, he's kind of stepped up a little bit. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see once you know Donovan Mitchell does come back, and it's gonna get a little bit you know tighter, especially you know the East these are conference pretty much after of course after Milwaukee and Boston mm-hmm. and uh, Philly. It's kind of like a free for all. So it'll be interesting to see they've actually been, they've actually lost the last couple. They lost, of course, we talked about that they lost to the Bucks and the Raptors mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago. But it'll be interesting to see what this team does, especially you know they've. They've kind of been up and down, though. They're starting to kind of heat up a little bit. They're 18 and 15, so they're still kind of like right there. In the, they're not like they're, they've been completely out of it. But it'll be interesting to see what – you know, Cleveland's still one of those teams where like, we thought that Cleveland was going to take the next step last year. They didn't do it. And now, in this case, you know, they've had a lot of their guys out. You know, I know Mitchell's been real very solid. You know, he's been back for a little bit. And, it, it, like I said, it's going to get a little bit interesting. I know Niang, he needs to step a little bit more for uh, – for Cleveland, I know Karis LeVert, you know, he was uh, definitely the guy that has stepped up a lot with like, all the guys being out, but you know, they, he needs more help. And I think, well, we just see if the guys that are behind him, or that's really going to be the key, are going to be the guys behind the A and LeVert. Yeah. And you married Karis LeVert, they acquired him via trade last year uh, from the Indiana Pacers, and he did make a difference uh, toward the end of last year. Uh, for that Cleveland Cavaliers here. Now on the flip side of the Los Angeles Lakers, it looks like they were starting to take off even at winning that silly in-season tournament. Uh, they've been struggling ever since. Are you, If you're a Lakers fan, are you starting to worry about them? I think you, yeah, I think you should be a little bit worried. I mean, they were motivated because of the money, but again, you still, like LeBron, I'm sure LeBron's been saying, look, you, got, you still got a lot of season left, so I don't know why they're not playing right now. I know Ray's been inconsistent. Some of the other guys have been inconsistent. Russell's been inconsistent. So really, the and Jared Vanderbilt, you know, where has he been? I mean, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what the Lakers do. If these next couple of weeks, I mean, maybe if they don't you know, play well, then you could say they'll probably be in a panic. Yeah, I, I want to bring up D'Angelo Russell real quickly. I didn't think the Lakers would bring him back, but they did bring him back. Uh, he had his moments last year, especially – uh, being acquired, uh, being acquired from Minnesota last year at the trade deadline, he did have his moments in the playoffs until that Western Conference Final Series against Denver, where he he totally disappeared. But if you're looking forward to trading him, uh, I don't know what you're going to get from him because he's been hit and miss all year long. And uh, outside of Austin Reeves, you haven't really got anything from your bench. I know Christian Wood's been a big disappointment. I know Torian Prince has been all right, but outside of that. LeBron and Anthony Davis, who I think is having his best year health-wise, obviously, uh, you haven't gotten have gotten much out of the other two players that I that I mentioned. Well, I think that's going to be something that uh, Demar Darvin Ham is going to have to figure out because, especially with you know LeBron, you know he's thirty-eight now. He's you know thirty-nine now. I should say he's going to mm-hmm. you know taking some breaks you know from time to time. He's going to be taking some games off, and I'm sure AD you know, he wants to kind of keep you know things going too. So might be taking some games off here and there since he's having his best show. But for me, I think you know they really need a supporting cast. They need to be more consistent. Maybe LeBron should still you know should ask, hey, look, I'll give you all an extra bonus if y'all play a little bit better. So maybe that'll be. <laughs> Their motivation, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, look, if after a couple of weeks, I mean, the Lakers are still playing where they are right now, then I'm sure we'll, we'll probably start worried about them. All right, Lakina, did you enjoy your New Year's Day? Uh, yes, I did. Watched a couple of really great uh, college football games, not just for the uh, the semifinals, but also outside of semifinals as well. So, uh, we'll talk about that, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, some uh, college hoops if we got time, and uh, Connor Bedard, and a whole lot more. So, uh, yeah, a lot. let's go to the college gridiron now. Uh, after this, yeah. second season sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeem against Sidney Brown. Uh, more, uh, more sports talk coming up right after this.
This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Moving and grooving on our debut edition of Second City Sports for the year 2024. We're live in the, in the, in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shuli on the Twitter, X, and the IG at SidK80. Once again, it's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me on the Twitter, X, at Kira's Crunk, and the IG. 
This is our last last segment of, for the show for today's show. If you have any last-minute questions or comments, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the, up on the screen for you. Before we talk oh. about the big games, Lakina, from the world of college football, what were some of your observations from the other New Year's Day bowl games? All right. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, I actually got a chance to uh, turn back and forth with some of these games because – um, some were better than others, you know, let's, let's be real. Uh, but, uh, I will say the, uh, wait, let me get, see if I get my computer up here, but yeah. Um, but we'll start with the, yeah, we'll start with the new year six games first. Um, Oregon, uh, you know, pretty much you'll know, figure as I expected. I mean, they, uh, beat the, <laughs> of course, you know, they hammered, uh, Liberty, you know, Liberty did, uh, you know, score their opening drive. You know, you give them you know, credit for that. You thought that maybe, okay, they wouldn't, they won't be too nervous. You know, nerves won't get to them, but, uh, Oregon said, uh, okay, yeah, we let you score that first drive, but uh, no, we're not going to uh, let you do that anymore. Uh, 45 to 6, they scored 45 unanswered. Uh, Bo Nix, who could have opted out, but, look, to his credit, he decided not to. He wanted to you know, play this bowl game, you know, playing this, uh, which will be his last uh, collegiate game. Uh, 45 to 6, like I said, you know, he threw for 363 yards and five TDs, which is, which is a Fiesta Bowl record. Um, you know, Bucky Irving had 117 uh, uh, rushing yards. Uh, Tez Johnson, who is literally a Bo Nix's brother from another mother, I'll, I'll explain that uh, in a minute. Mm-hmm. But he has 170 yards and a TD. He's a a big, you know, big time uh, wide receiver prospect in his own right. So did you, did you watch this game? If you didn't, I don't blame you because after the after that Liberty score it was all Oregon. After that, <laughs> yeah, I just saw the final score. That's all I need to see. <laughs> Yeah, Te- yeah, Tez Johnson, of course, you know, they're, you know, he and Bo are adopted brothers. You know, his uh, Bo's family adopted him. You know, got, he was in a, kind of a bad situation. So, uh, you know, his family, Bo's family took him in and they've been brothers. And uh, I think, you know, going to Oregon was just literally what, what was needed for them. And uh, look, both are great prospects. I know Tez still has one more year of eligibility. We'll see if he does. But yeah, a nice way for Oregon. And look, you know, good on, you know, Nix and a few, a few of the other guys. I know Irving, you know, he, you know, he had the option of opting out. He didn't. So, uh, yeah, good for Oregon uh, for finishing up uh, strong. Yep. I want to talk about the next game. Looking, I'm sure that's on your card of, about the Missouri and uh, Ohio State. I was reading something on the Twitter machine. I know it could be a cesspool at times. Thank you, Rick Conn, for that. But um, Ryan Day taking the brunt of it, and, and rightfully so to a certain extent. But uh, we have your starting quarterback, Kyle McCarr, who went to the transfer portal now is going to be playing for Syracuse starting next season. And some people thought they got screwed out of the college football playoff. No, they didn't. They lost to Michigan on the road at the end of the season. So thank you very much. But uh, I think they were more affected by the Colin Court move going into the transfer portal. I mean, they did not look good in their bowl game. Yeah, well, it wasn't a good game until like the fourth quarter. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but I I digress. But uh, yeah, Brady Cook 128 yards in a TD. Um, they actually did have uh, yeah, Emika Aguka uh, actually you know you know. He he started, but then you know he got hurt, so they had to bring in uh uh Devin Brown. He didn't do too well. Then they brought in like Lincoln, you know, Krenholtz, you know, he didn't do too very well either. So they really couldn't get it going on offense. And of course, also Marvin Harrison Jr. opted out, so yeah. that kind of didn't help matters for Ohio State. You know, Travion Henderson just couldn't get it going on the on the on the Russian side either. Now, uh, Cody Strader, who's probably one of those running backs that you probably have never heard of. You know, if we talked about him a couple of times during the season, he had 128 yards and had that, you know, the TD, the, the, 
well, not the lone TD, but it was the one the, the rushing TD. Uh, uh, you know, Luther Burden the third had a uh, made some big catches, got the other TD. But yeah, I mean, look, Mizzou. That's one of their eleven and two. That's probably one of their their highest win totals, single season win totals in years. So uh, mm-hmm. good on the, the Mizzou. This is actually a very career defining program for uh, defining win for that program. Yeah, congratulations to the Missouri Tigers. I know, like I said, being in the SEC is tough. You're going to have two more new members next year with Texas and Oklahoma. And Missouri's been that kind of a middle-to-tier program. It's been knocking on the door for the last few years. And, and like I said, they have one of the, quietly have one of the best years in school history. So, uh, you know, hard work and consistency finally pays off, and, and you, we saw that last weekend. Mm-hmm. Eli, Duck, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, you know, or as not Durkowitz, as I guess the, the, the person from, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the heck, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not the first time, you know, people, somebody's butchered his name, but uh, yeah, nice win for him, and uh, you know, I know they got a good recruiting class coming up, I'm talking about Mizzou does, so uh, this could be, even with Oklahoma and Texas, you know, coming in, that they, they can still get the, sort of the share of that, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what, uh, the fire my bourbons, as we call it here, from the, uh, from the Goodyear College, mm-hmm. Uh, classic. Um, Notre Dame, no trouble with uh, Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. Um, Clemson uh, held off uh, uh, Kentucky in the Battle of the Cats in the uh, Gator Bowl. Uh, Memphis, and they're kind of, you know, they were playing their whole field. Uh, they beat uh, Iowa State 36 26. Um, in the Orange Bowl on Saturday, uh, 63 to 3. No, I'm not making that score up. Uh, Georgia just hammered Florida State. Uh, Carson Beck had uh, 203. Uh, passing yards. Uh, Kendall Milton had 104 yards and three TDs. Um, I know some people will make the excuse for Florida State, like, oh, you know, they had like 30 guys opt out. Well, so did Georgia. Brock Bowers, who, uh, you know, is going now, who made the announcement yesterday that he's going to the NFL draft. They had other look. They had uh, other guys that were, you know, decided not to, not to, uh, decided to drop the the opt out. Talk about Georgia. So to say that, uh. That oh yo know, you can't blame it. It just just shows that how deep the Georgia uh, rosters are, the, the Georgia roster is. You know, I, was, I know it's real uh, old news now, but remember, I was trying to make the case for Florida State being that college football playoff. They technically did what they had to do. I know Jordan Travis is uh, their star quarterback. His injury changed everything, but deep down, I knew, and I'll say it now. Thank goodness that the committee, even though I had my issues with them at times, like anybody else. Thank goodness that the committee did not pick them because if they would have played uh, Michigan uh, on New Year's Day, I know we'll get to the game in a second. I can't wait. But if they would have played Michigan, they would have got smoked. Probably worse than that, worse than what Georgia did to them. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, look, you had a, you had a Florida State squad that struggled to be Louisville. Uh, Louisville, who struggled, you know, I mean, come on, let, let's not, you know, split hairs. I know, I know Danny Cannell. I know that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know a few other uh, Florida State alums uh, have uh, EJ Manuel, who also played quarterback for us. I know they all have said, look, you know, trying to make excuses, but no, look, no, they had their, mm, whatever, but uh, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going to the Peach Bowl, uh, you know, a little bit surprised by the score, not really by the result. Ole Miss beat uh, Penn State 38-25. Jackson Dart, who is coming back, by the way, he threw for 379 yards and three TDs. Um, Quishon Jenkins had 106 – Jenkins, I should say, had 106 uh, rushing yards for uh, Ole Miss. And a nice uh, nice win for uh, – a nice uh, finish for Lane Kiffin and his uh, Rebels. Yeah, congratulations to Ole Miss. Yeah, that's an- another team that's been – 
kind of knocking on the door in that tough uh, in that tough SEC for the last few years as well. Uh, right. Uh, LSU, no trouble with Wisconsin. Uh, Auburn and Toledo, they win their respective bowl games. Uh, Tennessee, I didn't even bother watching this Citrus Bowl because I already knew what was going to happen. I mean, Tennessee just hammered uh, Iowa, and I know that I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I saw the score. I'm like, yeah, that ain't no, 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 no. Only 50, only 60 uh, passing yards, only I think like about like 107, 113 rushing yards. So they actually moved the ball, but they just couldn't get it going on the offensive uh, front there. Nico. Emma and Lava, I'm hoping I'm saying his name right, might be the new QB next year for Tennessee, 151 yards. And a TD, uh, Dylan Sampson, 133 uh, rushing yards. It was basically all Tennessee. So, yeah, that Citrus Bowl was just a laugh for good grief. <laughs> but uh, that was just, those are just the appetizers. Now we get to the main course. Uh, Yay! <laughs> yeah, Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Uh, I wish we had a clip of that stop by Michigan. Uh, you know, of course, you know, the Michigan, you know, made a, a huge stop on Alabama to win um, as they uh, beat Bama in the rules, pulled the call, okay, the college football semifinals on New Year's, uh, New Year's Day, 27 uh, 20 in overtime. JJ McCarthy threw for 221 yards in the TD. And, you know, look, for me, I think this was really probably like one of the better. Uh, this should have been, I know the Rose Bowl has rules and, you know, timing, whatever, but this should have been the mm-hmm. night cap, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, three TDs for uh JJ McCarthy. Uh, uh, Jalen Mills, one hundred sixteen uh yards. Uh, Blake Quorum had that big yo know, TD. Uh, in overtime that kind of propelled Michigan. Michigan made the big stops. Uh, just uh, Jace uh, McClellan had two rushing yards for Alabama. Uh, Isaiah Bond wasn't really much of a factor. The receiving core, you know, Michigan was able to kind of keep them going, keep them at bay. Roman Wilson had seventy three yards and a TD catch. Include a big your know, third down conversion that kept that mm-hmm. drive alive that led to Michigan to tie that game and Michigan going to their first ever college football national championship uh, uh, playoff. That was a very good game to watch, Lakina. I, I enjoyed that one, even though it did go a little bit long because it went to overtime, but I enjoyed it. You know, it was two uh, very good teams fighting it out, one taking advantage of the other's mistakes early, like the fumble punt from Michigan, which should have mm-hmm. never happened, but Alabama scored their. Uh, first touchdown in the game uh, with McClellan. But here's how I looked at that first half. After Alabama uh, uh, takes advantage of the Michigan pump fumble, which turned into a touchdown, Michigan Mm -hmm. controlled the line of scrimmage from there on out. I know as a team they had six sacks overall, but five of them came in the first half. Jalen Moreau, the quarterback for Alabama, couldn't get anything going. Alabama's running game was non-existent. Now in the second half until Michigan tied the game, it flipped. Alabama got into running the football with some consistency, and Jalen Moreau started to become that much more dangerous running, uh, running, not passing. But Alabama, you could definitely could make made the argument that Alabama should have won that game. But as you mentioned, with those statistics from the from the offensive side for Michigan, as we said, we want to show how many carries that Blake Corwin was going to get for for the Michigan Wolverines. But he had 87, 87 rushing yards. And two touchdowns, which is which is still pretty damn good against a very top-heavy Alabama defense, one of the top five best defenses in the country in college football. Like you said, J.J. McCarthy had three touchdown passes, made some big plays when he had to. That Michigan offensive line, we got to give them credit mm-hmm. because J.J. McCarthy was not touched that many times, and you had to give him two thumbs up for that. And I know Michigan missed a, a couple of extra, a couple of kicks one extra point and one field goal late in that fourth quarter. But 
they persevered, got down to uh, tying the score there, and they eventually won it in overtime. But it was a hard front win for Michigan. Now, I want to ask you, Lakino, on that last play when you said that Mich- when Michigan stopped Alabama in overtime, did you think that that was the right play call, or nope. do you do, nope. did, did you think that Alabama should have spread them out and make Jalen Moreau um, make the, make Jalen Moreau have the Michigan defense think uh, pass and then run second? I, I was talking to our buddy, uh, Tuan Staley, uh, we got to get him back on the show, who, does New York, who covers uh, the Jets for New York Daily News. I think we said the same thing, and a few other people said it too. Like, you, you do a quarterback draw play. I can see if they're right at, the, like, the one or the two, and then you do the draw. But, but that wouldn't make sense, yeah. Yeah, you're on the four yard line. You had two timeouts. You, know, you, you took a timeout, and then Michigan took a timeout to kind of set up their defense. Then you had, like, five missed kind of come up with something. I know the snap was low to, Mar- to Mar- Milrow, but – even then, he's probably still would have been short had he had not a you know even if he had you know, that snap would have been low. So I don't know what was the thinking. I don't know what was the, I don't know why they didn't give it to McClellan. Um, you know there were a couple other guys on the on other guys on the receiving side that they could have gotten. Um, you know to 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 kind of you know try to make it you know try to at least like give him the ball. He probably would have gotten it. or or uh, McClellan. I mean and I'm, uh, a couple other guys too that probably should have went. So yeah, that was just not a. Not a smart play call, but look, you'll give Jim Harbaugh and his coaches South credit. They look, they did what they called the game, and uh, yeah, now they're going to national championship game for the first time uh, ever. Well, on the playoffs, yeah, exactly. thought, yeah, like I said, I thought they neutralized uh, Jalen Moreau very well, especially in that first half. That second half, like I said, Alabama's offense started to come alive uh, when they're running the football first, and it opened things up a little bit in that passing game. You know, Jalen Moreau barely threw for 116 yards in total for the whole game. But I thought that Michigan defense, I know they had a few missed tackles here and there, but all, but overall I thought they did a hell of a job <clears throat> containing Jalen Moreau in the pocket. In that first half and when it counted, uh, once they, once Michigan started, offense started to catch up and come back. All right, so let's go to the uh, Sugar Bowl, the All-State Sugar Bowl. You had uh, Washington holding off. Uh, Texas 37 31. Uh, they're just a second Pac 12 team to go to the, uh, the championship game. And should they win, they be they would be the first Pac 12 team. How ironic is that the Pac 12 is going to be no more after the school year? But uh, you know, Michael Penix Jr. threw for uh 430 yards and two TDs. Um, Dylan Johnson, you hope you know, he re injured that foot, he had two TDs and uh. Uh, Russian tees for them, but for the for the Huskies, hopefully he's okay. He injured his foot late in that game. Romeo Dunzi, you know, that's a that's a a name that the bull that uh, the Bears fans really want. So they probably has trying to draft him. He had a uh, he had 125 yards. Jalen Polk is another uh, t- uh, top receiver. Um, you know, he had 122 uh, receiving yards and a TD catch. But it was really the defense for Washington. Like I like I said, you know that that defense. I mean, look, they'll give up some plays when they need to, when they when they mm-hmm. when they do, but they'll make the big plays when they have to. And uh, I think I think that was uh, who was that crap? I forgot. I keep forgetting. I think it was uh, I think it was Green Javon Green who uh, made that uh, made that uh, knocked that ball out of Ad Mitchell's uh, uh, hands uh, for uh, Texas. Uh, you thought that maybe they still had a shot to win that game. Uh, Texas did, but mm-hmm. you know, to their credit, you know, you know, they were able to knock that ball out of uh, he was able to knock that ball out of AD Mitchell's hands, and uh, that's that's what happened. And uh, you know, Washington, you know, look, they they the cardiac huskies, as they call them, and uh, yeah, you now you're finding out why, yeah, they felt they lived up to that name, especially during that last uh drive of the game when when uh, Texas had a chance to perhaps win the, win the game 
Roma Duzening, as you said, Lakina, uh, he did uh, impress me a lot. Uh, he can go get it. And if Marvin Harrison Jr. is now on the board for Chicago, I wouldn't mind the Bears selecting him. I think the Bears will still be all right either way. But what did I tell you on Friday? I said uh, with the Texas one, the Texas defense, which is very good, but they've been struggling the last few weeks. What did I say? That that that's especially that secondary is going to be a challenge because Washington has one of the best air attacks in college football, led by Michael Penix Jr. And you saw that with him throwing ball for 400 yards. Number two, I said whoever's going to have the ball is going to end up whoever has the ball last. Texas had a chance to win on that final try; they didn't get it done, as you mentioned. Uh, Washington had a couple of key guys uh, on their defensive side uh, uh, exit the game uh, via uh, to, to injuries, but it was a it was a tightly contested first half. I know Washington separated themselves a little bit in that third quarter, but give Texas credit. Uh, Quentin Ears, uh, he he made the comeback. They obviously made more than just a game of it, that which they had a chance to win. But like you said, those cardiac cats, those Huskies, uh, made the great plays when they had to. Now we get kind of like a Rose Bowl style matchup, I guess, with uh, Michigan mm-hmm. facing uh, Washington down there in Houston uh, next Monday. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll have, you know, hopefully we'll have somebody on to talk about it, you know, to probably help us preview it um, on Monday. But I'm kind of feeling like, okay, you know, this could be one of those things where I know uh, Michigan's the early favorite, but these are two pretty mm-hmm. evenly matched teams. I mean, look, you could. Look, we know that Washington, Washington has kind of had a tendency to kind of give up some big plays their defense do, but like I said, they'll make they make the big plays like when they have to. So it'll be interesting to see what what Kalen DeBoer has planned. And uh, I mean, Harbaugh, look, he has never been in this situation before to this extent. So it's gonna be interesting to see how these two teams kind of match out. Yeah, we know that Michigan has a a, a very good run defense, and they have an excellent pass rush as well. We saw that on on a Monday against Alabama. Washington's defense, you mentioned, it's not a dominating defense, but it's an opportunistic defense. Michigan overcame some early turnovers against Alabama, and they were, they get, they got away with it. But I don't know if they can get away with it here against Washington. And like I said, both teams are playing with house money right now, so we'll see what gives. And like I said, we'll break it down deeper coming up on our shows on Friday and, of course, uh, next Monday leading up to the actual game. But I think that Dylan Johnson injury uh, there uh, from Washington, their running back, uh, is going to be key. If he can go, I think that Washington – uh, will be uh, that much more of a bigger threat offensively. But if he's not able to go, this is going to put all the extra pressure on Michael Penix Jr. And let's be honest here, even though he is very good, you don't want that if you're Washington. Yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, that's really gonna be a good matchup. But I think, and I think that you got a good matchup for for that. I know that uh, some mm-hmm. people actually have Washington. I I knew that Washington would probably would you know, get into the playoffs should they win the Big Ten, Big uh, the Pac-12. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they do against Michigan. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This is gonna be very uh, interesting here. Uh, any other college football nuggets before we uh, move on? I don't know what the ratings are just yet. Uh, I don't know if you have them in front of you, but. Uh, I got a chance to watch the Skycast version on ESPN News. I really enjoyed that view, Lakina. And obviously, there's no commentary. You just hear the noise of the crowd, the sound uh, operations from the stadium. And I did check in with ESPNU. They had the command center, which was very interesting. But I really enjoyed that Skycast view. You get to see the plays develop. Uh, from a different angle than for the traditional broadcast, but I really enjoyed the Skycast of both games. Yeah, yeah, I took the Skycast. Yeah, that was really cool. But I, I actually like the traditional. Um, you mm-hmm. know. 
because I actually don't mind listening to commentators just because I want to know what the heck is going on. So for me, like, yeah, I, I look, I think it's still you know, it's cool to have those kinds of options, but I, I, I like I said, I'm more privy to the traditional because I want to know like who's got the ball and you know whatnot. So, uh, hmm. my think about 20, a little like 27, like 0.7 million. We saw the Rose Bowl and about like 24 million saw. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, so mm-hmm. pretty. I think those are both are pretty high, even from you know last year. So yeah, so we really saw raise your ESPN, and that's through across all their platforms, not just you know the traditional uh, broadcast. So uh, if you're ESPN, gotta be feeling pretty good. And you should get good raise for this uh, this one coming up because you got a good matchup between two historic programs. And yes, Washington hasn't won a national championship since the '91 championship. You got to go all the way back. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I forgot about that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, Lincoln Kennedy, of course, who was an old lineman for what that team you know, just got enshrined into the Hall of Fame, uh, the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame, along with Kirk Herbstreet. So uh, there you go. Uh, there, uh, that that's just how old of. Of course, you know, he played like like twelve years in the NFL. But uh, you know, but yeah, congrats to him and the rest of the Hall of Famers. But uh, yeah, that's how long it's been Washington has won it. So what should they win? Will this top that team? Yeah, look, they definitely have more of a, you know, they, they blew out most of their, most of their uh, competition. Talk about the 91 Washington team. This team actually has had to kind of like, you know, literally like, you know, you know kind of slug it out. So it'll be just to see what happens uh, there. But yeah, I mean, both, both games got a pretty good high rating. So uh, yeah, if you're ESPN, I'd be feeling pretty happy about the ratings. Yeah. And even though Alabama's not playing next Monday night, you know, that's a team that almost like the Dallas Cowboys, even though you, you, you either love them or you hate them, but uh, it's another storyline to that Michigan-Washington game, which me personally, I think it is, but could this be Jim Harbaugh's last game as coach of the Michigan Wolverines? That's going to be a, a probably the biggest storyline going in because they're, as of right now, they're heavy favorites to win. It'll be interesting to see how Michael Pace Jr. finished up his college career. Of course, we all saw it happen in Indiana, not one but two knee surgeries. Still to mm-hmm. persevere, went to Washington, got was one of uh, Clayton DeVore's first recruits when he got the job. So, you know, we'll see how they, you know, how they do. You got stars on both sides and, and such. So, yeah, look, we'll put, we'll get more into it with our girl, Christine Manica, and also, too, on Monday, on Friday, also on Monday as well. So, uh, should be a fun, uh, should be a fun matchup, but we'll talk more about that. As I can see, sports on sports, those are Kyle Lee, Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Uh, some uh, college hoops for a second. And uh, I don't know if you watch a lot of college weekend but uh illinois uh you know just you know hammered uh northwestern um last night and uh said we'll see what they play uh purdue on friday we'll talk more about that on friday but uh the terrence shannon jr stuff look you can google that we're not going to talk about that mm-hmm. but uh but at least so far, I know they 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 beat Chicago State, you know, they beat Northwestern, you know, pretty handily. But I want to see how they do against Purdue before I can say, oh, they don't need Terrence Shannon. I, I want to get there. I want to get to that before I will say, oh, well, you know, they're they're better off without him. I'm not gonna. I'm, yeah. not, I, I'm not at that point yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about uh, uh, Terrence Shannon, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. Like I said, we won't talk about the uh, other stuff on here. You can Google that yourselves, but. He's one of those types of talents that you, you, when you put the pressure on him, he delivers. Uh, he delivers uh, with big baskets. Now it's going to be a, a collective effort with Coleman Hawkins and some of the other guys that are still that are still there to uh, dang danger who's uh, coming off the bench right now. So uh, it's it's going to be up to those other guys that's been there for the last two three years to help him and step up and fill in that void. Now we'll uh, with. 
will they will that player come back? We don't know, but it's gonna have to be a collective effort. Remember last year, I'm sure we'll get into more on Friday. Remember last year, like you know, Purdue almost lost that big lead at home to Illinois. So Illinois has mm-hmm. has confidence that they can play with the boiling makers. So uh, we'll see what happens. I know there'll be bigger underdogs this year uh, than last year. So uh, without Terrence Shannon, it's going to be trouble, but we'll see what happens. We'll get more into that on Friday. Yeah. And, and we will have, well, we'll get more into that on Friday when we preview uh, these games. Uh, we're for Purdue, no trouble with Maryland. Um, you know, they beat them by 14. Uh, I want to get to this game, you know, for a second. UConn, uh, no trouble with DePaul, uh, 65, uh, 85 and 56. Yeah, that, that was a pretty, yeah, that was pretty bad. That game was over by like halfway through the first quarter. But I want to send our thoughts and prayers to uh, Mr. Joey Meyer. For those yes. of you who don't know, he passed away late Friday night. You know, our buddy Chuck Swirsky, of course, you know, the radio voice for the Bulls on, on the on the score. He broke the news. Um, he, you know, a, only 74 years old, uh, Joey Meyer uh, was, and uh, for those who don't know, he played. You know, he played for his dad, the legendary coach Ray Meyer, at uh, at DePaul for six, you know, six seasons. For three seasons, I should say, from 68 to, uh, to 71. He did play in the NBA for a little bit, uh, but you know, never he never appeared in a game. He was drafted in 71 by the uh, the old Buffalo Braves, the ABA. That's how long ago that yeah, was. Yeah, the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Oh, well, throw those, Sid. Look at that. I, see how I do not need Google for that. I was going to tell you on that. Very good. <laughs> Very good, my friend. Uh, you saw, of course, the services have for 11 seasons for taking over the reins uh, back in 80. Back in 84. Uh, he made the tournament five times. He was just Sweet 16 from in 86 and 87. I remember the 86 team that gave Duke a hard time. That was actually like his probably his best performance because there were a lot of injuries that year. They were like 16 mm-hmm. and 14. They somehow they got because of the extended field. They got in. Um, you know, they, their schedule. He went 20, 231 and one hundred fifty eight in his thirteen seasons. He coached guys like Rod Trickland, David Booth, Tom Kleischmidt. Um, of course, he did coach for a little bit uh, as a you know, the developmental uh, 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 league, and you know, as a as a scout for the Clippers. Yeah, for mentioned Clippers, at least for the Buffalo Braves. And of course, he did radio for for a lot for a lot of years on the on the score for I think for like a decade before retiring. So. Uh, I think he did a really good job considering that you followed his dad's footsteps. Of course, that's never an easy task. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think he did a very formidable job, especially keeping the Paul kind of afloat. I mean, they, they went to the tournament consistently in the mid '80s and late '80s into the early '90s. So uh, yeah, that was a you know a very Chicago lost a really good one, uh, a really good coach here. Yeah, of course, the Meyer family is part of Chicago basketball uh, tradition. They are part of Chicago basketball history, though. Those two uh, gentlemen, as you mentioned, they'll never be forgotten. They're the fabric of the, one of the main reasons why Chicago is the basketball capital talent of the world. As you mentioned, you brought some memories back for me, Lakino. With uh, his early success, like I said, he did keep that, that team afloat. They never quite got back to that those glory days of the late 70s, early 80s. But as you mentioned, those uh, those names that he, he got, you know, Ross Struggle, he's not from here. He's from New Jersey. And he yep. got him to commit to come to Chicago to play DePaul. So mentioned about Tommy Kleinshaw. I think he got a cup of coffee in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, I know, uh, like you said, some of the other names that you mentioned. But remember, uh, even though they're starting to decrease over the years, especially when uh, this station got back the, the Bulls and the White Sox, DePaul was still mm-hmm. on Channel 9 in the 80s, folks, into the early 90s. And, then, of course, yep. cable TV, i.e. ESPN, started um, – yep. You know, monopolizing the college basketball coverage, and there, right. and there went. Let's be honest here. There really that went 
the, the Paul's popularity uh, out the door. Not only yep. them not being that national uh, at at the at the big level competing for national championships, but their their uh, television coverage went as well thanks to ESPN. You know, monopolizing everything. Yeah, it was, yeah, you're watching some of those games on Channel Nine. They have some great matchups against Marquette when mm-hmm. Louisville when they were in Louisville. Yeah, yeah, at Louisville in the same conference. They were in the same conference at the time. Uh, I remember those, you know, those games, of course, with Purvis Ellison and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just a, you know, just a, a tough loss for DePaul. It hasn't really been the same since. We'll get to the, the current DePaul. They're, mm, not, not, not the time. Okay, not the time to talk about that. But uh, yeah. we'll talk more about that. But, yeah, just want to say give our, our, our shout out to Mr. Joey Meyer and keep uh, his family in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, and we'll send, we'd like to send our condolences to the uh, Maya family from all of us as Sports on Chicago and Second City Sports as uh, they go through this challenging time. All right, Lakina, I know we're up against it, but what were your thoughts about the 2024 edition of the NHL's Winter Classic as Seattle shuts out Vegas 3 nothing? Yeah, after the first goal, I was like, yeah, that's it for me. I, I was just like, <laughs> uh, I kind of kept an eye because after, after look after the Oregon uh, game after Oregon blew out uh, Liberty and the other games were interesting. You know the you know uh, I actually catch sort of class. There wasn't there was a lot of promotion for it, which I kind of found a little bit odd because mm-hmm. usually you see a lot of promotion for it. There wasn't really that much promotion, but uh, yeah, I'm glad for Seattle that they were the Kraken. You know, this is their their first appearance and they made the most of it. Vegas was kind of you kind of wonder like okay, well what was the Vegas mindset? Well, were they still in Vegas or something? But uh. But look, I mean, a nice performance by the Kraken. Uh, like I said, I just wish it was uh, promoted better. That's that's really my my thing. I think that's what hurt it. Hurt hurt that game as well. And number two, Paul Bisson, aka Bissy from the <laughs> NHL on TNT crew, he got beat down by the Kraken mascot. Yes, he got it good. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, that he beat him out very good, and I, I know I'm surprised he able to. Yeah, I was surprised he able to come on last night. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll see what happens on uh, tonight because uh, mm-hmm. they're back at. It. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure uh, Paul's all uh, bruised up, busy. He's all bruised up now. But yeah, look, don't, don't let that crack his mascot fool you. He's a very nice mascot, but he'll look. You you push him, he'll, he'll and then look, Biz uh, Biz, you pushed him. So uh, yeah, he's a lot <laughs> like me. That's why I like that mascot so much. <laughs> that oh was a, boy, that was really fun. But yeah, like like you said, I, I think the ratings for those weren't weren't very good either. Were very good. I'm talking about the for uh, I don't know if they've released them yet, but from what I've heard, they weren't very good. So uh, yeah, that was a that's on TNT for not promoting it better. Yeah, and that's on the National Hockey League as well. All right, Lakina, take us home. All right. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X at Kenny McGee and the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG, SCK80. Once again, SCK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please go to the Google Play Store and download that Sports on Chicago app. And while you're ready, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that Our Radio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms, so Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, Second City Sports Live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, exclusively on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as the kids would say. 
Catch Second City Sports Live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. All right, of course, you can support on Chicago anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. So if you got Roku, if you got the Roku TV app on your your, your television or whatever device you have, just type in Sports of Chicago. Um, you can catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Bellas, and a whole lot more. Uh, Everything is right there for you. Catch the rears anytime, anywhere on Sports of Chicago on Roku TV. All right, Lakina, take us home. All right, enjoy the rest of the week's games, everybody, as we gear up for the last week in the NFL. And, of course, you got some college hoops games coming up as well, some big matches. We'll, we'll break that down on Friday as well. Forrested, I'm Lakina. Stay safe out there and stay warm out there. This is Ms. Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Bears. Holla! <laughs>